0: do this often you yes. come here often I
1: come to come This is your music This is like I picked this for you All right boss what are we talking about
0: Hello and welcome to Shelly Carney live stream coaching and I am your host Shelly Carney and this is our co-host Toby Eunice. Hi Toby
1: Hi, Shelly. <laughs>
0: How are you tonight?
1: I'm doing spectacular. Yay. Shall we tell everybody what happened tonight? Sure. We lost power tonight. You lost power. I lost power. I had power. Yeah. We weren't sure we were going to we have a show tonight. We were scrambling around. Figuring it all out, but we are safe and sound and uh, prepared to go in our studio tonight. What are we talking about? I forgot what we were talking about.
0: Tonight, we'll be talking about the big shift of the Encore Entrepreneur. Nice. Nice. <laughs> or entrepreneur over age 50 and want to produce a live stream, podcast, and blog to expand your brand and business? Come experience live stream coaching with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Every week you'll receive motivation, encouragement, and supportive tips and tools to design a live stream video and podcast that will attract an audience full of friends, leads, and new clients. Subscribe today and discover the steps to mastering technology, content creation, and digital marketing that will bring you success, fun, and fulfillment as you expand your branded online presence. What is the big shift of the Encore entrepreneur? What is an encore entrepreneur? Shift
1: into this. I don't cut you off. I don't like when it cuts you off.
0: Oh, okay. What is an encore entrepreneur? It is Uh, we define an encore entrepreneur as a person who is in their retirement gears and they take the knowledge that they've uh, garnered through their lifetime and their career. And they use that uh, to create an online business. And um, when you are shifting into that role, there's a lot going on there. You have to have a whole new mindset a whole new uh way of thinking and being so let's get into that and here's our first slide now this uh quote is from david stewart he's the editor of ageist magazine and uh Quotes as we enter an age of accelerated longevity. The fastest growing age cohort today are those over 80. An increased lifespan and enriched health span may be coming quicker than some had previously predicted. The question to now ask ourselves and a financial professional is will our wealth span be sufficient? So some of us may be contemplating, why should I continue to work? Why would I want to be an encore entrepreneur? This is a reason. Uh, People are living longer, healthier lives and retiring at age 65 and then living another 30 years. Uh, It seems to put people at a disadvantage financially, uh, trying to stretch their retirement's savings. Uh, so they may want to have that additional income as an encore entrepreneur.
1: So I think it is wise for one to prepare for their retirement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's lots of ways to do that from you know being employed, using social security, investing in 401ks, et cetera. Another is to run your own business and put money aside. Uh, Another is to have the fortunate circumstance where somebody provides for you. But uh, the simple fact of the matter is everybody expected, I think we all expected, certainly the baby boomers expected that retirement was going to be in place and that we could go about our business playing golf and shuffleboard and all these other things. And, I think one of the things that happens is you don't want to stop. There's no reason to stop.
0: Can't stop, won't stop.
1: You know, and and I used to ask, I I used to wonder. You're off screen. Now. It's okay. <laughs> I used to wonder why uh, people uh, who could comfortably retire, play golf and shuffleboard, mm-hmm. um, uh, didn't. They would keep going. You right. you watch it. You know they'd be. They become board members, or they become right. uh, activists, or they political activists. Look, look at Chana Bridgers.
0: Or volunteers? Or volunteers? Or, or yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I think it's realistic to expect that, uh, looking at this from the perspective of. Uh, the benefits of the evolution of the internet Mm -hmm. and communications and your ability to take all that, you you know, that's the other thing too. A lot of these people have gone through their entire lives acquiring a wealth of experience and expertise. And I think some, some of them, uh, and and again, I'll use Peter as an example. Some of them just can't, don't want to let that go, you know, without doing something with it. It feels like you're wasting it. Right. You know? Right. Uh, Because they enjoy
0: it. They don't hate their job. They like it. They really enjoy
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you look at people like Coffee and and Peter, they loved what they – they're retired, yes, and they're enjoying their retirement, but they loved what they did and don't just want to walk away from it. Now, that doesn't mean there are people who not only can afford uh, to be able to walk away from it completely, but choose to do that. Uh, We're just finding more and more often we're meeting people who aren't ready to kind of walk away from it just yet Mm, right you know
0: they still want to make a difference and matter Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely so are you an employee or are you an entrepreneur and when you're making that transition from employed uh an employee to an entrepreneur there's a lot going on within that transition there's a lot of mindset issues that we need to work on I believe before you can run a successful business, you must change your identity and beliefs from those of an employee to those of an entrepreneur. I'm Shelley Carney. I'm a podcasting and live streaming host, a coach, a consultant, and an entrepreneur. I'm a personal development expert, an interviewer and podcaster, an author, a presenter, an introvert, and a nine on the Enneagram. And tonight we're going to focus on the entrepreneur part of that, especially the encore entrepreneur type. Although I've had so many different uh, jobs throughout my life that I don't, you know, I don't consider myself an encore entrepreneur so much as just an entrepreneur. Uh um, Because I'm, you know, but I am a lifelong learner as well. Uh, And that's one of the things that an entrepreneur needs to have And needs to enjoy is learning new things and trying new things. So how can you make the big shift to become an encore entrepreneur? There are five steps to making a change in your life, to making a change in your identity, to making a change in your circumstances. They're the same five steps. So here we are looking at the Logical Levels Framework uh, as put out by Robert Diltz. It's slightly altered, uh, but it's based on his work. And uh, we start at the top with the vision. The vision is where you want to go and what you want to accomplish with your life going forward. Then we have identity, which is who you believe yourself to be. Uh, he, who you identify as, right? I am an entrepreneur, or I am an employee, or I am a mom, I am a wife, I am a daughter, anything that goes into your identity. Then we have values, uh, which is why you do what you do and why it matters to you and uh, why it matters in the big scheme of life. Number three is capabilities, how you do it, your skills that you practice. Um, So if you're an engineer, your skills might be logic and math and, uh, you know, an ability to learn. uh, If, uh, you know, you're a, what? fireman, your capabilities might be, you know, your, your physical fitness and uh, your readiness and your knowledge of, uh, m- you know, emergency emergency medicine or whatever it is that, that you have in your capabilities, your skills and how you practice them. And number uh, four, what you do, is this is your actions, what you do, when you do it and where you do it, actions that you're taking. And, um, Then number five, the environment, which is materials, places, people, and all that surrounds you. Now, most of the time when we decide we need to make a change because we've become uncomfortable in our environment, we want to change something in our environment. But when we do that, it doesn't last because we're in stasis, right? To make an actual real change that's going to stick, we have to start with identity, and then work our way down to environment. And that's what we're going to focus on today as we discuss how we change from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. Oops.
1: My fault for doing it twice. Uh, so let, let's talk the, about that for just a second. Did uh, you want
0: to go back to the?
1: There you go. Pyramid. Uh, to use the example that you cited, which is I'm a, I'm, I'm a lifelong fireman, right? Um, and I, I rose through the ranks from a trainee uh, all the way through, uh, you know, a, a capable, strong, healthy firefighter uh, to into administration, uh, you know, at the, at the firehouse level and then eventually at the departmental level. So I have a career of 30 years spanning that. I have, I actually have developed, I have a retirement income. Okay. And so now I want to get out and do something else, but I'm a fireman. Mm -hmm. What, where do I go from there? What, uh, because the implication is who you believe yourself to be. I believe myself to be a fireman. Uh, I fought fires Mm -hmm. and I administered the firing, fighting of fires. Mm -hmm. How do I turn that person, that identity, values, capabilities, actions, uh, and environment into an online business?
0: Well, it kind of as
1: an encore entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, it kind of depends on what is your passion, right? Just because you're a fireman doesn't mean that's all you love being a fireman you might have hobbies that you love Hmm. you might have additional knowledge that you have because you had a a hobby or a club you belong to or um you know it could be other things that you are passionate about so choose what is your greatest passion uh what do people come to you for advice about right uh-huh. uh, people come to us for advice about live streaming for instance so that's why we chose to go that route uh, if people come to you uh, for advice on diet and exercise maybe you can be a physical trainer you uh-huh. know it just depends on what is your passion and then once you've chosen that that thing that you want to, work within that, those parameters, then you can go from there to start to uh, change your identity to become that.
1: So I'm going to push this a little bit mm-hmm. because um, I'm very curious. So yes, I was a fireman and I was so busy being a fireman. I don't have any passions. My passion is being a fireman. Mm-hmm. I don't have any hobbies. I don't have any passions. It's about being a fireman. How do I start an online business?
0: Uh, Well, I would suggest being in a consultant uh, to share your knowledge, fire science or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that uh, you specialize in Mm -hmm. most within that fireman persona Mm -hmm. and uh, teach.
1: So you can't have done something for 30. You can't have done anything for 30 years and not have learned whether it's a physical thing. You can't be in the military for 30 years and do the physical job that it requires to be in the military and not have learned something that could make, that could be categorized as expertise in that area, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a normal uh, career as a fireman, starting with basic training, basic fireman's training and rising up to be the director of uh, the department or at one, one of the directors of the department, um, you've acquired a lot of expertise in more than just fire science. You've learned the expertise of how to run an operation, how to, how to make sure that the right people are assigned to a truck. So you could start promoting yourself as an individual who knows a lot about being a fireman, right? About running a fire uh, from a station to a department. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I sometimes struggle with people who say, well, I, I was just a fireman. You know, There's no such thing as just a fireman. There's no such thing as just a trash truck driver.
0: How about just a mom?
1: Yeah. I was just, we get a lot of that, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I was just a mom, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? There's a heck of a lot of expertise that's gained mm-hmm. by being, quote, just, unquote, a mom. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, That clarifies it for me. Thank you. All right.
0: So we're going to go with uh, the idea that the vision here is to become a successful entrepreneur because that's going to give us the the place to work from here. Giving 100% to your vision is important. First, you want to clarify what your vision is. Do you want to talk, you know, do you want to be a consultant in fire science? Or, mm. you know, what is your vision and why do you want to focus on that vision? What, Why are you passionate about it? What does it mean to you? The price of success is hard work, dedication to the job at hand, and the determination that whether we win or lose, we have applied the best of ourselves to the task at hand. Vince Lombardi.
1: You know, nothing else, and I'm going back again, to the fireman sample if nothing else you could promote yourself as an expert in fr- in court sure you know uh,
0: yeah you uh, could be a paid consultant for
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. for attorneys mm-hmm. so if your identity is as an employee or a follower then you're probably somebody who waits for direction or permission that's not going to help you as an entrepreneur, right?, uh, waiting around for somebody to tell you what to do or to say it's okay to do the things you you have chosen to do, that's not going to help you move forward. So instead, you have to change from being a follower to being a leader. Your identity needs to be that of an entrepreneur or a leader because entrepreneurs make decisions and they take responsibility and risks. When you're an entrepreneur, you're in charge. You say what your program is. You say, if you're a consultant or a coach, you say who is your ideal client and you say what program you're going to offer this time around and, Whether or not, uh, you know, people are going to want to take that is, you know, all based on your messaging and your decisions around that. So this is your identity. If you decide I'm going to be an entrepreneur, instead of an employee, you've got to change over from waiting for direction or permission to not waiting, but making those decisions, taking responsibility and assuming the risk. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover, and take the risk.
1: As a sailor of some experience, I'd like to correct that bow line to bow line. Oh, sorry. No worries.
0: (laughs) I'll let you read the (laughs) ship things from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's move down to values. Step two of change is looking at your values, your beliefs about yourself, about life in general, the rules you've developed for life uh, that you've come up with over the many years Um, of working and living and employee values trading hours for money because when i work i want to get paid i want that steady paycheck and they focus on short-term gains they focus on security which is actually an illusion of course the security of getting a paycheck on a consistent basis i do my work I get paid. Uh, In my husband's case, he's worked at the same place for 38 years, and he has had that security and that consistent paycheck. Um, And it has been the backbone of our family, you know, our family finances to have that. Uh, But should, you know, something bad happen, uh, you know, like the pandemic and people stop traveling and, uh, you know, there has to be some understanding that, thing, you know, things change, right? Uh, as I talked about in yesterday's show, you, know, you show up to work one day at the phone book making company and they tell you uh, we're closing shop because nobody uses phone books anymore. You know, there's no security there. You have to plan uh, as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, but as an employee, you don't think about that. You're just like, great. I have got, I have a job. I'm making money. I'm getting a steady paycheck and no homework. What does that mean? Well, I don't have to think about the job when I'm not there. I only have to think about my work when I'm there doing it. And that appeals to a lot of people. Uh I don't have to think about it in my off time. I get to be, you know, without it. I just put it back, you know, put it in another compartment and when I'm home, I'm home and I'm doing my home things and I'm doing my family stuff and I don't have to think about work until I'm there. People like that. An entrepreneur values building a legacy. They want to create valuable assets that make up uh, their, their company, whether that's their programs, their, uh, speaking in gigs and engagements, and maybe they have a book, maybe they have, you know, all the things that they're creating are their valuable assets that go into making that business uh, stand out. Uh, They have money-making knowledge. This is something that I've always um, admired about Toby is that he and his family tells him, you know, you could make money doing, you know, you could always make money. You're always going to land on your feet. And they believe that about him. They know that about him. That's not even a thing they think anymore because it's just true for them, right? And once you have figured out how to make money in any situation, then you have that confidence that I got this. Doesn't matter what happens. Pandemic hits, uh, financial crisis hits, uh you know, doesn't matter. I can still make money. I have money-making knowledge. And that's a really great feeling. I would imagine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, uh, you don't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've heard me say more than once than I used to say it in front of the kids seeing some man on the side of the road and and I say there but for the grace of god go i and the kids response to that is oh please mm-hmm. you would never agree. let yourself you know you wouldn't you would That's find right. a way to make your money money your way out of that mm-hmm. and i'm not sure what it is i mean my father wasn't my father long enough to have learned it from him i mean i knew he ran a business but it wasn't like uh, you know and it was a bit you know it was a relatively you big business for you were actually
0: a lot you know your formative years where you were with your father yeah no you had it, that in yeah driving affairs. to
1: you, you know I remember him driving to Denver, driving with him to Denver so he could go to the auto auctions to buy used cars and have them driven back. He didn't need to do that. He was the CEO of the company. He could assign ten different people to do that. But he just loved what he did so much. This would be like, I used to watch him at the auctions and uh, and uh, the strategy of buying and not buying or selling and not selling going through his head. Um, he was you know tied up and uh, tied up in it, and he was always like he used to they, they used to have a piece of paper that had all the cars in it, and every time he'd win the car that he wanted he'd that paper would be rolled up in his hand and he'd slap his hand. and I still remember that like ah, he, that's a good feeling for him, you know mm-hmm. and then uh, outside there'd be uh, people hanging around. And, uh, you would pay them to drive the cars back to, in our case, Denver. We used to go to the auctions in, uh, Amarillo and, uh, Lubbock and Denver. That's where they had the big auto auctions. And then we drive them. We, I say, we, they, he and his, the people that he'd hire. And it was funny because the pay was, you know, based on the mile you, you're driving to Santa Fe and a bus ticket back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were happy doing that, you know, um, uh, they just literally hung around the auctions just so they could do that. Um, and it was fun driving back. We'd be driving back in a different car each time, you know mm-hmm. the car that we drove up, he'd sell, and then he'd buy some others and we'd drive back in a different one. So he was uh, he was that kind of guy, you know, it was just and he and he never stopped. Uh, I remember uh, on weekends, he would'd uh, take one of his pickups and he would with a trailer. And he would drive around to all the um, uh, gas stations. And he would buy from them the tires that they had taken off of cars and replaced with new tires. And he would pay them a quarter piece. And I, re- I remember there's a way you can stack them so that you get the most uh, tires in there. Mm-hmm. And then he would drive and he would take that over. The, that's back in the day where they used to recap tires. And the way that they did it is they took these old tires, they stripped them down to the threads, and they'd recap them with new rubber. And that was perfectly, it's not acceptable anymore. Mm -hmm. You can't do it because of the speeds that uh, you maintain. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to do, and it was all a cash thing, right? Everything was, I've got uh, 20 tires there, 25 cents a piece, and they'd work out the thing, and he'd pay them you know, like that. And then literally drive over to the uh, recapping place, And he'd unload them for a dollar a piece or whatever it was, but it was always a a making money thing. Mm -hmm. And he was dressed in jeans. I remember he'd be dressed in jeans and wingtips and this short jacket, uh, plaid red plaid jacket. And, and everybody loved him and they were always happy to see him. And, uh, and I, it wasn't like that was making a big difference in our lives. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had an income being the CEO of, of the, these three dealerships.
0: People who go to uh, yard sales because they enjoy what they find. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And putting it on eBay,
0: put it on eBay or have their own yard sale. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it was like that. And and I always wondered, uh, I always wondered why he continued to do that. And it was just his nature. He just, liked making money in different ways. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think he was also a very social person. So it gave him the opportunity to visit all his friends. They'd see him drive up in his truck and his trailer and they would get the tires all loaded and unloaded. I mean, it was, it was a social thing as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was in his nature. And I think uh, not that if, if he had ever lost his, you know, business as a CEO, uh, I think he would have just said, Oh, don't worry about it, Ange." We got those tires. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. I got this taken care of. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of you wouldn't he wouldn't ever end up on the street. He was mm-hmm. there, but and he used to say that, there but for the grace of mm-hmm. God go I. Or or you complain about not having those were his two there, you complain about not having any shoes until you see a man with no feet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So he was just that kind of guy. He yeah. was, he just, I don't ever remember him stopping.
0: And I think that helps a lot uh, if you have somebody in your family like that who uh, demonstrated that being an entrepreneur is not a scary thing. It is uh, because you have that money making knowledge, you can go and make money as long as you have a good attitude, right? You, as long as you can uh, inspire relationships. You can sell things and buy and sell, you can buy and sell anything. That's right. So it's that money making knowledge comes with that confidence that it's, you know, you can you can always make money doing something else if you need to. You,
1: you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, the Eunices were like that. They were, you know, when I used to go up to, to spend my summers in Taos, my cousin Tommy would always, we were always making, he used to collect silver dollars. But we'd end up working on cars, buying a cheap car, working on it to make it running again, and sell the car. And Mm -hmm. we were we were in our early teens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Delgados were also like that. The Delgados were you know Lucy and her catering, and uh, Carlos and his repair thing. You know there 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 was and my mother and her tin work Mm -hmm. in the family. So there was a lot of that on both sides. I'm not sure that I would have referred to them as entrepreneurs, but they were certainly. You know, business wise, little. I remember the receipt books, you Mm -hmm. know, and the tallying, and uh, Mm. there was just a lot of that on both sides of the family. So maybe that's where some of that comes. Never thought about it until this conversation, but uh, maybe that's where that some of that comes from. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then, of course, you have the pride of ownership. So I did this. I made this. This program is mine. I created it. uh, That pride. That You get to say that about, you know, your work and your products. And then, of course, entrepreneurs have more freedom and more choices. Uh, You can say, you know, I'm not going to work except for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm going to take off Friday through Monday. You can do that because you have that freedom and that choice. That's kind of nice. Whereas if you're an employee, you got to work when the boss says work. Right.
1: let's get into you know, uh, it. let me let me go back okay. one of the important um, elements of your growth as an entre- entrepreneur is the recognition that that you've been graced with a limited number of hours right 24 hours a day seven days a week mortality motivation hours. yeah and and uh, so there's there's two impacts on you uh, uh, one is, uh, I need to get things done, mm-hmm. right? So there's that constant, like you say, mortality motivation. Mm-hmm. I need to get it done. Right. But the other thing is the recognition that you need to find ways to leverage those hours. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my career, there was a point at which anybody who had a video camera and shooting weddings or uh, all these I- I- individual events, You'd add up the hours and you're basically charged by the hours. And there was this great, I I can't remember who it was, but it was a video guy and he was selling a course that said, no, what you do is you go out and record someone like our gentleman here making something Mm -hmm. and you duplicate that video so that you're not spending eight hours at a wedding, not getting it back. You're spending eight hours, you know, recording some activity that you get back every time you sell one of those videos. Mm. And that was a, like an amazing eye opener because it was the, uh, like what we call now the, the uh, leveraging your content. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because up until that time, the video, elevating
0: your role, <clears>
1: the, the video recording industry was not leveraging it. You went and shot a wedding, you'd give them the wedding and that was it. Right. It, you know, there was you 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 hope that you made your money in the eight hours that you spent time for money, money. hours right. for money and I think that recognition and you only have so many hours that's right that that recognition that every hour you have is and it's a and I think that's important to a lot of intre- entrepreneurs is that every hour you have is an opportunity to leverage that into more than fifteen dollars an hour right you know or whatever you. are rate is 30 50 150 how do i do that mm-hmm. and uh, leverage it into uh, multiple uh, income streams from that single hour invested in creating some form of content
0: right employee capabilities i think we're going to talk more about what you just said mm. with this with this uh, with this level employee capabilities are to do one role one job what you've been trained to do right this guy makes coffee if the air conditioning in the building breaks he didn't he isn't fixing it that's not his job that's whoever owns the building to fix it or the owner of the business to take care of it it isn't his job to worry about if something breaks that's out of his role right if something occurs uh you know well, this is this is my job to pour the coffee for the people who come in and sell them the coffee, and that's it. Uh, so one role, one job, you know, one track mind kind of a thing. Whereas the entrepreneur capabilities uh, rely upon their vision. They have to be a visionary. They have to know what the end result they're looking for is. What's the grand plan? Where do you want to be in one year and three years and five years and ten years? They have to know that. They have to vision you know, that and then share that vision with their whole company. Uh, They need to have skills in order to make that vision happen, and they need to have resilience when things don't go their way, and they need to be able to find a different way to get there, right? So the air conditioning broke down today, or the power went out, or, you know, something happens. How can we salvage this? How can we come at it from a new direction? What an entrepreneur does is they elevate their role. Their most important job is to understand the client's needs and to provide solutions for their clients and to make that happen through what they're envisioning right, what they envision as solutions and how they want to deliver that solution to their client, that is an elevated role. That's not, uh, you know, setting up a website. That's not, um, you know, busy work. Uh-huh. It's, it's not that. It's, it's the, you know, the overall uh, creator of that business
1: so there's a point at which that elevated role, understanding clients' needs and provide solutions, is a sales position. And as an entrepreneur, uh, one of the skills that you have to have is those uh, the sales sales skills associated with what you very nicely described: understanding clients' needs and provide solutions. Um, and you can always tell someone who has kind of that sense of, you know, where they're going. Because they're drawn towards, even if they're working for someone else, uh, they're drawn towards the sales position. And I think one of the reasons that happens is because sales, generally speaking, and, and again, I'm going to refer to the high tech industry because that's uh, my uh, uh, most—that's where I have most experience, uh, you know, and knowledge. Uh, but uh, if you can, if you can succeed in sales. You're trusted with bigger salespeople become COOs and CIOs, CFOs. It, those all come from the salespeople. Now, they may have an accounting degree to get there. In the case of CIOs, you might have an IT degree and you came up through the IT ranks. But I I, I can comfortably predict that if you were to survey 100 CIOs, 50 to 60% of them were uh, salespeople at some time in their careers and they were successful at uh, selling hmm. because that's what an entrepreneur ends up doing a lot of their time
0: that's for sure that Is for sure oh, so you want to up level your skills in order to in in enhance your role or uh, elevate your role richard branson said my biggest motivation just to keep challenging myself and of course, we know Richard Branson is uh, a very wealthy businessman uh, who started several businesses. He says, I see, I see life almost like one long university education that I never had. Every day I'm learning something new. And that's how it should be if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you have to be constantly learning. Most employees, that's not required. Uh, once you know the job you've been trained for, and uh, have some experience at it you you're good right you don't have to continue to learn now if you want to continue to learn uh, that's great because you can elevate your role even as an employee you can move up in the company and all of that um, or change companies or start your own (laughs) these are options you have more options when you're ready to up level Let's get into actions. The employee actions are to repeat their function as they were trained to do so. So here we see a pizza delivery person. And uh, very often this is a job that people take on uh, because they need a temporary job or they, uh, they need a second job or sometimes a third job. Uh, so they'll take on a delivery job, and because it's a little bit more flexible in hours, but then they can show up, they can do their job as it was trained, very simple, uh, and uh, and when you know, and then collect their paycheck. And it's just repeating that same function over and over again. You know, I get the pizza, I take the pizza to the house, I get go back, get their pizza, <laughs> you know, it's just the same thing over and over. You don't have to learn anything new. Um, whereas with an entrepreneur, their actions are about big picture matters, right? Things that matter, things that are uh, big picture, like we talked about uh, assessing client needs and providing solutions. They take the actions that uh, are that top five percent the top roi activities return on investment they want to leverage their time leverage their knowledge leverage
1: their assets their
0: assets exactly um and in order to do that they're going to have to delegate and automate those tasks that are not those top roi activities they are the visionary they are the ones who make all the decisions about the business. If they want a website done, they might need to just hire that out. If they need uh, somebody to be a social media manager for them, they might just want to hire that out. They might want to hire an assistant or uh, a virtual assistant, or they might go to Fiverr, but they're going to farm that work out to free up their time to spend on those top ROI activities, very often that's going to be sales and relationship building um, because that's what's going to bring the money in.
1: And and that's very true. Uh, And we're very fortunate to have all these online communities have developed over the past 20 years where you can go and outsource some of these things. I don't want to be designing logos. I don't want to be designing intros and outros. I want to turn that over to someone that I can say, "Here's my logo, here's my music, here's my colors." Give me that,
0: Uh,
1: and I'm a big fan of fiber, as you as you well know. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, because I can take those tasks, that and it's not that I can't do them; it's just that it's not a good investment of my time. You know, I can usually, win in a very quick uh, way. Uh, Get a logo, decide on the colors, decide on the music, and then just turn it over to somebody else and say, make this, you know, make an outro like we have, or an intro like we have. And the nice thing about Fiverr is I've gotten to the point where I've got a couple of guys, one that specializes in intros and one that specializes in outros. And uh, one time, the one that does the intros, he said, do you want to do something different? Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, I like <laughs> the one that we have just change the colors, you know, change the music, et cetera. And because they work for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's been easier when I've had changes. I don't have to pay the full price. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a couple of situations where because
0: he has a template already ready to go. Right.
1: And that's the nice thing about it. Yeah. And, um, and it's good because I get to compliment their work. I give them star ratings and things like that. So when I do come back, uh, they're at the point now where I know if it says one or two days turnaround. it's uh, And they're both uh, on the other side of the world. So they're uh, awake at, at uh, you know midnight. My time is 12 o'clock their time. Um, but I can always count on them delivering in less than 12 hours now. Right. If I give a minutes before uh, their morning time, if I do it late at night, it's before their morning time. Uh, I'll have it by the end of my day. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, they're they're very useful. And there's a lot of consulting sites like that. What's yeah. the one that um, that? Uh, your son-in-law that Gus belonged to. He
0: was working through Upwork.
1: Mm Upwork. That was the one I thought because that's another one Mm -hmm. uh, because their, their uh, level, their requirements, qualification requirements are very stringent. Mm -hmm. So they only uh, recruit the best in order to provide these services. There's another one called um, TaskRabbit. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of them out there where you can outsource mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these things that would otherwise be time-consuming for you.
0: That's right. That's right. TaskRabbit is great for, say you had, uh, you wanted to set up your home studio and you needed to hang lights and you needed to do a bunch of different um, things, maybe painting, maybe, you know, just uh, whatever. Uh-huh. And it was going to take maybe three or four hours. uh uh-huh. But if you could hand it off to somebody, then you could actually focus on making some sales. Shall we go to TaskRabbit
1: and become a home studio? Yeah. TaskRabbit thing?
0: Sure. No. What?
1: <laughs> Start setting up everybody's home studio now.
0: um, But it's important as an entrepreneur to uh, probably once every quarter take a look back and say, am I focusing on – top ROI activities or have I been wasting time on things that don't really matter? And if you are uh, learning things, learning new skills, then I would also put that into the uh, you know ROI because of up leveling your skills is going to allow you to make more money.
1: And and so earlier, I I, I wanted to point out that, uh, you know, our pers- poor fireman didn't have any passions, any hobbies, or that if you do have a hobby or a passion, uh, there's nothing uh, that prevents you uh, from not, I to say if you have a hobby or passion, there's lots of resources that enable you to turn that hobby or passion, that, that product-based hobby or passion into business. And the best example of that is Etsy. Uh, it's all online, um, and it, if whether you build birdhouses or, as Shelley will tell you, I order a pen. I'm fascinated with uh, handmade pens, um, and I go to Etsy. I find the one that I want, and I buy it from there, and uh, the stores look great. Uh, Etsy has evolved over the years uh, to being a great um, department store of handmade products, and so I, I didn't want you to think if you, you have to have some level of expertise in order to be an online business. If you if you make something uh, and, and you, that whatever you make is you've made it unique, um, you can find a place on, on um,
0: Etsy. Yeah. And on then you Etsy. can uh, have a Facebook page and you mm-hmm. can put up videos yeah. of you making
1: things. Once you decide the end result, the things that we talk about to our clients are, are all the same, right? Facebook page, YouTube channel, uh, leveraging your content, mm-hmm. you know, N- there is nothing better for someone who, and I'm going to use the pen example, the the um, turning pen example, because I used to do it. Um, uh, there's nothing better than making a video of you transforming a piece of wood or a piece of acrylic into a finished pen. And you can go to YouTube and – uh, and uh, search pen turning and there's hundreds of them. And they all have great numbers of views. People just love watching that. And then if you can show the end product and tell them where they're finding it in your Etsy store, so much the better.
0: Ralph Nader said the function of leadership is to produce more leaders, not more followers. So basically, if you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, Your job is to help clients become leaders themselves. Uh, Maybe they can lead their own team or lead their business to uh, greater prosperity or lead their family into a healthier relationship. Um, Teaching leadership, being a leader, is guiding others to be leaders as well. So let's go to the last section of the pyramid environment and employee environment uh, their ideal is to find a job with benefits and people that they like that would be ideal doesn't always happen but that's the ideal employees have a low level of control so say people in the medical industry for instance as we see here uh, they like their job going into it. I mean, they study for it. They study hard for it. They take a lot of tests. They they have to get licensed. Then they go to work and the pandemic hits and it's crisis time, right? And it's, and it's extremely hard.
1: And it's life-threatening. And they
0: didn't have a lot of control. Whether or not they had PPE, uh, whether or not uh their place of work was you know safe for them uh they didn't have a lot of control over that as an employee whereas entrepreneurs have a high level of control and this is on the bottom because first you change you know from the top down to the bottom and by the time you get to the bottom you have a lot of control over your environment you can you can you have more choice because you have more money you have more time uh, as, and as an entrepreneur so let's go back to that pyramid uh, the logical levels framework vision at the top you want to accomplish that vision by first adjusting your identity taking a look at your values and making sure your values meet up with your vision Look at your capabilities. Decide if you need new skills that you need to up-level. Take a look at your actions. Make sure you're spending your time on those actions that are going to have the highest return on investment. And then your environment should be, at that point, easier to control. First be, then do, then have. Change your identity to change your actions and behaviors and then you'll change what you have peter drucker said the best way to predict the future is to create it so become an entrepreneur and you can do that we like to invite all of you who are 50 and over to our facebook group and that's called leveraging your content and we offer Entry level technology solutions, interactive resources, live training and troubleshooting, and simple methods to live stream podcast, and blog, creating a storm of social media content to build visibility and credibility for your brand. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.
1: Facebook.com. Wait, wait, wait. You got it. Uh,
0: uh, what?
1: I don't think it'll go forward for you, but try to.
0: Facebook.com slash groups slash leveraging your content.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: And leaders share their knowledge. Bo Bennett said success is not what you have, but who you are. Share your knowledge by being a podcast guest. You can get our book as a free gift. It's uh, called Podcast Star. How to Get Booked on Podcasts and Be a Great Guest. And the link to get that book is podcaststar01.agkmedia.studio. Please go check that out. Lastly, please connect with us. Schedule a free consulting call to define your social media goals assess your specific needs, clarify your best options at messagesandmethods.com. You're going to find all of our links as well at shellycarney.com and tunis.com. And those links are all going to be in the description box for the video as well. All right. That's all I have for today. Thank you all for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Our topic for next week, we're going to be talking about effective ways to attract qualified clients. So we're going to get into twenty different ways you can attract qualified clients organically.
1: Is that on Shelly Carney's uh, going
0: to be the theme for the week? Oh great. Well we'll talk about that. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Livestream Coaching with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe, leave a great review, and comment with questions or ideas for future shows. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a creative campaign producer at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content.